Hey there, future fans! This week, we're retired, we're fighting, and we're lying. This is the week of July 19th, 2019, and you are listening to episode 142 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. This is episode 142, titled The Sleeping Lion Retirement Home. And it's okay. Mufasa's just sleeping. You know, that actually brings up an interesting question. We're going going right off the bat with this. Do you think that these Disney live action remakes, or in this case, CG, but realistic CG remakes, do you think that they require spoiler warnings if you're talking about it? Or it's one of those movies, like, if you haven't seen it by now, it's your fault because A, it's a classic, and B, it was released back, well, when was Lion King released? 1994. That is 15 years over Critter's 10-year spoiler moratorium. So we all can agree that if you don't know that Mufasa dies yet, your fault. Anyway, we have the usual for you today, so in case you're new, let me tell you what it is we do here. This is Future Flicks with Billiam, and on this show, we talk about movies in the future, but the not-too-distant future. However, we start off with a, a, a general rambling, then we get into the news, that is any new news that has caught my eye since the last episode, and then we get into the trailers. The trailer trove where we talk about all the new trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. And in all of these cases, if I miss anything, always let me know by commenting, by reaching out on Twitter. Uh, I got Instagram back. I am am back. They finally unf***ed my account, mostly. I still have a couple problems, so I will be returning to Instagram shortly. All tens of you who noticed. But yeah, let me know if I miss something. Then after that, we go into the movies, which are broken up into two categories. That is two. And those categories are the limited releases, which are any releases that aren't getting a wide release and didn't really catch my eye. Fun fact, also in that category, any re-releases of previously released films that are getting a theatrical re-release that I don't think is interesting will, will hit that area too. In that section, I'll tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. Maybe I'll say a word or two, but then we'll move along until we get to the wide releases and interesting indies, which is exactly what it sounds like. All wide releases and any ingies, any ingies. That sounds like a very cute, but also really racist way to refer to Native Americans. Oh, ingies. My favorite kind of racism is cute racism. I'm going to stop that joke right there. I cross the line just just a little back behind me there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. So wide releases and interesting indies, and like I said, wide releases every 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 wide release, and any indies that caught my eye. In this section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, who's in it, then I give my thoughts on it, and then I wrap this all up with a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, A.K.A. the Bill Score, because we always sing about the Bill Score. Now I just need Timbaland to remix that, and I'm famous. 
early One Republic jokes, anyone? No? Okay. For those of you who are new, I get no insider information. I know just as much as you guys do and as much as Google tells me. So all of my scores are based only on the trailers. We wrap the show up with a question of the week, and then I send you along your way to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network and other great friends of the show. And how was last week as far as the ads go? Really, how was it? Because I think I broke it up a little better. Uh, I'm going to try to break it up a little more this week. I never wanted to have this many ads on the show, but I got to rep the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Got to do that. Pretty sure Snarf Chris will kill me if I don't, but hey, that is a way to get him over here so I can see him. Hey, before you kill me, we can go to the Winchester Mystery House. We can drink some beer. It'll be great. Not that I thought about it. And then the other two ads we have for the Watch Your Mouth podcast and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa, they just have shown a tremendous support. So I, I got to do it. But seriously. Listeners, my future friends, my future fans, tell me if you really do hate it, tell me and I will find a workaround. I mean, Welcome to Night Vale and Adam Conover's new uh, podcast, Factually, both have ads after the show's over. So worst case scenario, I can try and do that and just switch who gets last. I don't know. I will work with you. But to me, no news is good news, so I'll keep on doing it the way I've been doing it. And, you know, I always do listen to the other shows in the Someone Nerdy Podcast Network, and Snarf Chris on Nerds of the Squared Circle was talking about comments he gets and messages and notes and, well, probably not notes, but no one's probably passing him a note, like walking up going, Psst hands it to him, walks off. So it makes me really thankful for those comments I do get. So for all of you who comment, who comment frequently, you know who you are. Thank you. And even Evan, I have to, I have to thank you. I had given up on guilting my friends to listening because it just wasn't working. And then he did. So yay. I mean, at the very least, my friend Nick straight up told me no. So I was like, okay, I know to stop asking. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let us stop with this rambling, with this meandering. Let us move on to the first segment, which as always is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Let's start with the sad story. Legendary actor Rip Torn has passed away. Best known to me, at least, for the Men in Black series. He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, second thing that comes to mind is Dodgeball. But of course, I'm of that era. I'm of the Men in Black and Dodgeball era. where That's where I know Rip Torn from. But uh, my parents' generation knows him, and they're old as and <laughs> they, they know the guy. Uh, younger generations, maybe not. I, I don't know. But uh, he has passed away at the age of 88. And quick break from the news. If you hear something weird in the background, it's it's because the fan is on. And that's because without it, I would be up to my neck in ball sweat. It is it is really hot. So, yes, if you hear a weird noise you've never heard before, that's the fan. So, ladies and gentlemen, we start the non-sad news with a story about a film that I was tired of talking about until this particular story came out. This particular story is about Bond 25, yes, the cursed production Bond 25, and the role British actor Lashana Lynch plays in the film. Apparently, an, an anonymous movie insider says that the film will start filming or start filming, well, the film will start in Jamaica, where Bond has been retired, and he's approached by a black woman who just happens to be the new 007. So Bond is still Bond. 
but we have a new 007 at the beginning of this movie. We'll see what happens when the movie ends. But okay, yeah, I will take this. I will take this. Thank you. Just because there's been so much talk for a while now about should someone black play James Bond? Should a woman play James Bond? And you guys already know my feelings on that. You do. So I'm not going to repeat it. But what I am going to say is that if we really want, if you just need a person of color and a woman in the role in a Bond series, and it has to be Bond for some weird reason, then this is how you should do it. Bond steps down. James Bond officially retires and someone else takes over as 007. So any other movie from this point forward can take place in this Bond universe and you just replace him and you have someone else who's known as 007. That is the only way, in my opinion, that replacing James Bond with a woman would be okay because otherwise it just seems disrespectful to everyone involved. Like it's almost like you'd be saying women need male characters to be relevant in movies. No, I think Peppermint showed us that you don't. I think Proud Mary showed us you don't. And the upcoming movie The Kitchen shows us you don't. So if for some reason the future has to have someone who's not a man in the main role in a James Bond franchise film, this is how you should do it. Give a woman her own character. They don't need to feed off the scraps of men. All right, but enough about that. Let's talk about Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, no real news, just an interesting uh, interesting interview that I believe Entertainment Weekly, yes, Entertainment Weekly did with uh, Linda Hamilton about why she chose this movie to return. And if you want to read it, check out check it out. It, it is interesting. And of course, she is trying to sell the film too, so it's not this behind-the-scenes, you know, interview. But what she does say is, and I quote, "...there is a real gift in that so much time has passed." And that gives me so much more to explore with the character. Sarah Connor is the same person, but I wanted to see how the difference in events have changed her and shaped her and send her forward. And you know what? I am looking forward to Terminator Dark Fate. I probably shouldn't just with what the history of the series, anything past T2 has shown us. And that comes from someone who enjoyed Terminator Salvation and who saw the promise in that other one whose name I always forget, Terminator Genesis. Thank you, sweetheart. I saw the potential there, but I am looking forward to this one. I think I think the trailer was really well done and that really piqued my interest. They got Linda Hamilton back. Arnold Schwarzenegger is back, but I, I really don't give a shit about him at this point. I will always love old Arnold movies. I have to be honest, if he is in a movie, I will take notice, but... I am more pumped for the rest of the movie, for the rest of this movie, than I am for him being in it. He could not be in it, and I would still be pumped. In Jack Reacher news, this story from Warming Glow, we may not ever see another Tom Cruise Jack Reacher movie. Is it just because the movies didn't do well? Maybe, but it's also because Jack Reacher is being rebooted as an Amazon series, and they will recast Jack Reacher. And I think this could be a good move because these types of books like the like the Jack Reacher books, the um, the Tom Clancy books, the the uh, Mitch Rapp series by Vince Flynn, the does Brad Thor do a do a series like that? Whatever. Those type of books, I think, could do really well for a, a TV show because a two hour movie could leave out much of the nuance that goes into the books that make them good and turn what was an interesting story into a mindless action flick. So I think as a TV show, it could do even better. This next story comes to us from Nerdist. The last Starfighter sequel is being developed, which is really 
fucking weird timing because on the somewhat nerdy website, we just did a nerd talk about which films we actually think should get remade and both Durf and I chose The Last Starfighter. I chose my answer because he picked, he completed his before I did. I changed mine to Flash Gordon. Buckaroo Banzai was in a close second. But I think it's so interesting that we both talked about a remake of The Last Starfighter happening and then a sequel is being developed. Keep in mind, this is an early, early pre-production and I think this has promise. I, I would rather see a Last Starfighter sequel than an Armada movie because Armada was a garbage garbage book in stupid news that i feel i should talk about just because so many people are talking about it in part to go no i didn't forget about this is that backlash about that scarlett johansson comment and how i actually agree with her with her second comment with the one that she said in context so if you didn't know and apparently an interview she gave was taken out of context when she said and i paraphrase that she should be able to play who she wants if she wants to play a person of color, play that. If she wants to play an animal, play that. If she wants to play a tree, play that. And the internet exploded at her because that is what the internet does. She then explained herself. Uh, by the way, this story comes to us from actually Philip DeFranco, the Philly D show. But she explained herself and said something that that I truly believe. And she says we do we do live in a time where we need more representation. We need we, we need it more but also that we should eventually work towards a place where it doesn't matter anymore. If you want her full quote, look it up, but I'm just phrasing it the way I usually phrase it. It's because if you think about it, it doesn't matter. Let's go back to James Bond. Is James Bond black, white, Muslim, Asian? Who gives a flying f Does someone good play James Bond? I recently wrote a blog, a dual blog with Anne and about casting our, or making our dream casts for some of our favorite books. I chose less by Andrew Sean Greer and uh, Andrew Sean Greer, Greer read it and responded. By the way, I'm famous now. Y'all can say you knew me when. But I mentioned in the blog that there were a couple of characters that he didn't mention their ethnicity. And in his response, he just mentioned that it doesn't matter. And exactly like so he made this character of less a a middle aged white blonde man. And I cast in my dream cast. I had Edward Norton. Just because I, when I do Dreamcasts in my head, unless someone else really stands out, I kind of pick someone who I think looks the part. But if you can find me a person of color that can play the role well, fucking do it. What matters is that the role is played well. That That's all that should matter to us. But we live in a world now where, we, where we're so hyper aware of these things that we need to be aware. We need to be vigilant when it comes to casting movies so we get more inclusive so then we can realize that it doesn't matter. I want to live in a world where one day a movie with an all white cast comes out and no one gives a flying shit because they're the best actors for the role and also because there's probably a movie out there with an all person to color cast and no one gives a shit about that either because they're the good actors for the role. As a society, we need to get more, just more inclusive and, and more, just more loving in general so we can realize that it doesn't matter. If I like you, it's because you're a good person. If I hate you, it's probably because you're an ass. But give me a second. Let me get off this soapbox here and let us finish up with the news let me do one quick check see if anything new happened between taking my notes and uh filming this so let's see uh looks like Zack snyder's doing an army of the dead movie uh eh, nah. greta gerwig is 
going to be directing the Barbie movie. Okay. The pouty-lipped, puffy kid from Shannara Chronicles is playing Elvis. Good for him. Ooh, Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann is directing the Elvis Presley biopic. I am suddenly more interested. That particular story came to us from Variety. Uh, Quiet Place 2 begins filming. Oh, we got this from We Got It Covered. And one final story this week, this from comicbook.com. Taika Waititi is going to return to write and direct Thor 4. This is important for quite a few reasons, but let's talk about the main two. A, yay, Thor 4, directed and written by Taika Waititi, the one who made Thor Ragnarok so great and breathed new life into a potentially stale character and the second reason this is interesting is because akira the live action akira that was supposed to be directed by taika waititi is now being put on hold it is being put on hold because reportedly there were issues with the script because waititi was supposed to work on akira first but after some issues with the script he decided to shift focus to thor 4 so we now have delay of Akira with no release date, no no change of release date in sight. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the news. Let us take a quick break and hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio, and we'll be back with the trailer trove. Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good, Good journey, journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, everyone, welcome back. It is time for everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to The Trailer Trove. The first trailer we have to talk about this week is for a movie called Don't Let Go, scheduled for an August 30th release date this year. This stars, let me see, Storm Reed, who was the main actress in that woefully shitty Wrinkle in Time movie. But on the bright side, at least the Wrinkle in Time movie was better than the book because the movie was shorter. It also stars David Oyelowo from Selma and King of Katwe and Michaelty Williamson from Fences and this little film you may have heard of called Forrest Gump. He played Bubba. So for this movie, I want you to picture the movie Frequency, you know, that movie back from the year 2000 with Dennis Quaid and Jim Caviezel. Yeah, Jim Caviezel, where the, oh, what's that thing called? The Aurora Borealis is being seen like in America for the first time in in decades or whatever, and this guy turns on his father's old ham radio and starts talking to someone. And he realizes it's his dad, but the thing is, his thing is, his dad died years and years ago. So he's talking to his dad, and then 
obviously trying to prevent his death. Well, this film is about a guy named Jack Radcliffe, who is a cop, and he is really close with his niece because his niece's father is some sort of screw-up, and so he is the real strong male figure in his niece's life. He's a good guy, a good uncle. Unfortunately, one day his niece is murdered, and he is distraught. But then he gets a phone call, a phone call from her. She is calling from two weeks in the future, though she is unaware of this. He is. So then he starts talking to her and decides that he has to do something to try and save her. As basic of a plot as that sounds, as done before as it sounds, I am actually looking forward to this because I really like David Oyelowo. I like Michaelty Williamson. And I like this idea of using this familiar story in a slightly different way. So it feels like they're changing it enough to be fresh, but not enough to totally lose the plot. And they are changing enough so it doesn't feel like a 100% rehashed idea. I, I like this. I think it looks interesting. So once again, this comes out August 30th. Next up is a full trailer for a sequel to a 2014 Disney live action film. And that, that movie is called Maleficent. Mistress of Evil. Uh, this is a sequel, of course, to 2014's Maleficent, starring Angelina Jolie. Also returning is uh, Elle Fanning, who I'm, I'm I'm kind of over at this point. Uh, but the good news is, added to the cast is Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. And those two alone can sell me on any movie. And this one does look better. The trailer for Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, looks way, way better than the trailers for Maleficent did. I have to be honest, I never saw Maleficent. Maybe I should now just because this one's coming out and it doesn't look bad. And it does look visually impressive enough to warrant a theater watch. Also, this is, well, actually so far unrated, but the first one was PG, so it seems like it could be something that's good for families. It does seem a little dark, so if you have easily scared children, maybe you don't want to take them to this, but it seems like it's something that the whole family can see. Oh, also Ed Skrine is in this. Ed Skrine, of course, we know as Francis from Deadpool. Francis, a.k.a. Ajax. So you know what? I'm not entirely sold on this, but it does look better than the first one did. And it d did pique my interest. So you can find out all about this on October 18th this year. Next up, we have a trailer for, um, well, a trailer I missed from over a month ago that Anne brought up to me called The Goldfinch. It's based off a Pulitzer Prize award-winning book by author Donna Tartt, and it has a quite an impressive cast. It has Nicole Kidman, Sarah Paulson, Ansel Elgore, Jeffrey Wright, Finn Wolfhard, and Luke Wilson. And it's about the struggle this young man, now an adult, goes through because he was young when his mother was taken from him, and he's apparently taken in by a wealthy family and it's kind of about how he i guess how he deals with it and how it's affected him as an adult the screenplay was adapted by the same guy who did tinker taylor soldier spy and frank his name is peter strohan and it's also directed by john crowley who directed brooklyn and what impressed me most about the trailer is that it didn't look like Oscar bait. Because when you think of a movie based off a book that won a Pulitzer Prize, and it has a cast like this, you would think that it seems like it's going to line itself up to be Oscar bait. But it didn't come across that way, at least to me. It comes across as a heavy drama. Like something they could watch 
once and then maybe wait a couple of years and watch it again. Maybe that kind of film. But it does look like something that is interesting. Check out the trailer. Hell, even check out the book. This film comes out September 13th. All right, folks. Next up, we have a trailer for a film called Ode to Joy. And it's loosely based on a true story as heard on WBEZ Chicago's This American Life. And it stars Martin Freeman, Morena Baccarin, Melissa Rauch. I think that's how you say it. It's it's the, the blonde nerd from Big Bang and uh, Jane Curtin. And Martin Freeman plays Charlie. That's his name. He plays Charlie, this guy who suffers from cataplexy, a symptom of narcolepsy that causes sudden bouts of paralysis whenever he experiences strong emotions, and in his case, joy. Apparently, he develops a variety of techniques to deny himself too much pleasure and happiness, but they're all put to the ultimate test when he falls in love. So instead of continuing to see this person that he falls for, he introduces her to his brother, they form a relationship, and he sits on the sidelines. This definitely doesn't look like a theater watch. This looks like something to watch at home, so just keep an eye out for it. It will hit theaters August 9th, and so probably will hit Netflix or some streaming service not too long after that. Uh, Next up, if you're interested, we have another trailer for Dora and the City of Gold. Correction, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Uh, It still looks cute. It does. Uh, I I want to see this way more than I thought I would, which basically means I want to see it at all. It looks like the people behind this movie got the okay from Nickelodeon just to make a fun movie and make Dora the Explorer references and use characters from it. I've already mentioned my issues about this movie. I'll, I'll probably mention it when this movie comes out on August 9th, but for now we get a new trailer and if you're interested in this movie at all, check it out. Uh, next up, of course, we have to talk about this. We got the teaser trailer for Mulan. I've made the joke before and I have to make it again, so be prepared. Can you believe they cast an Asian in this role? Oh my god. First a black Ariel, now an Asian Mulan. I I cannot believe it. Well, that is it for the trailer trove. Let us jump into our next break, which brings us to a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle. Please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. And we're back. We are back with all the movies coming out this week, each and every one. Most of the time, you know, I do miss stuff from time to time. I have rarely been called on it. I I think I've been called on it once, but for the most part, if I miss a movie, it's because it's so obscure that probably no one knew about it. Well, speaking of movies no one knows about, let's get into the limited releases and let's just start with a quick word. Uh, A movie we talked about last week called The Sword of Trust or just Sword of Trust with Mark Marin, Jillian Bell, uh, Michaela Watkins and John Bass is getting an internet release this week. So if you really wanted to see it, but don't want to go to a theater, you can rent it online. If you don't remember, that's the movie that's about Cynthia and Mary show up to collect Cynthia's inheritance from her deceased grandfather. But the only item she receives is an antique sword that was believed by her grandfather to be proof that the South won the Civil War. 
what I like so much about that premise is that A, I can fully believe that there are people out there that's stupid. And then B, it also implies that the South won the Civil War, but decided to go along with what the North wanted anyway. Like, okay, we won. Uh, but yeah, we're we're done with slavery. That's that's over. Um yeah, okay, good fight, guys. Good job. It's just so stupid it could be plausible. But let's start with the first new release this week, and that's called Loose. A young cab driver drags herself into a brightly lit entrance of a rundown police station. A demonic entity follows her, determined to finally be close to the woman it loves. This is a German horror movie that stars Discount Brie Larson. And if you know what I... If you want to know what I mean by Discount Brie Larson, just look up the movie Luz, uh, L-U-Z, and the main picture, and if you click on Luana Velis's name and go to her page, she's only done two movies, she's the main character, it looks like some some straight-to-DVD version of Unicorn Store, just without the, with blood instead of paint. But no, skip that shit. Next up, we have the bottom of the ninth. After serving 17 years in prison for a violent mistake he made in his youth, a once aspiring baseball player returns to his Bronx neighborhood. This stars Sofia Vergara from Modern Family and Joe Manganiello from Magic Mike. Well, let's, let's be honest. We all know him from True Blood instead, but I always use True Blood for him. So Magic Mike this time. I, I like both of these people, so I feel bad saying this, but this looks like a movie to 100% skip. It just looks like some straight to sale section mess. Next up, we have a limited re-release of a documentary from 1984 called Streetwise. This is a gritty documentary that looks at the lives of homeless teenagers in Seattle. I know that's not something to joke about, but just, I, I hate anything that calls itself gritty. Like, don't attribute adjectives to your own movie. Like, if someone from some publication said it was gritty, then yeah, you can say that and quote them. But if you're calling your, your own movie gritty or eye-opening or a marvelous extravaganza, then you're just a sad tryhard. Next up, we have a movie called Between Me and My Mind. Driven by the constant need to create... Fish frontman Trey Anastasio takes on new projects, including some of his most personal music to date, as well as Fish's ambitious New Year's Eve show at Madison Square Garden. Look, look, if you're a fan of the band Fish, check this out. It could be interesting to you, but the funniest thing to me was that the song Trey Anastasio was singing in the trailer was this kind of just like acoustic ballad performance and they're talking about what a rock legend he is i'm like okay these two things don't add up rock legend and this john denver level whiny shit. i i don't i don't get it but hey if you like fish if you even remember fish this could be for you next up we have another musician's documentary called david crosby remember my name meet david crosby in this portrait of a man with everything but an easy retirement on his mind uh, this is a documentary, of course, about David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And instead of choosing to live out his life in quiet retirement with his with his family, uh, he chooses to never stop touring. So when he dies, it's probably going to be in a hotel room somewhere alone. And finally, in the limited releases, we have a movie called Into the Ashes. Nick believes he has escaped his violent criminal history. He has an honest job and a loving wife. But his old crew remembers the money he stole from them, and they want revenge, starting with killing his wife. Nick has a choice. 
Fight Back and Return to His Life of Crime, or Walk the Walk of an Honest Man. This stars Luke Grimes from Yellowstone, Robert Taylor from The Meg, James Badge Dale from World War Z, and Frank Grillo from The Purge series. Uh, he was in Purge 2 and 3, I believe. Also, most recently, he was in Avengers Endgame, and oh, oh, also that Netflix movie with um Anthony Mackie. So yay for Frank Grillo getting a whole lot of work. I mean, he has been in big things, but he has never been the big person. Uh, except in The Purge 2, I guess, and, and 3. But, I mean, good for him for not disappearing into, into obscurity after The Purge series, right? Uh, no, this movie looks skippable to me. It just feels like discount John Wick. Well, my friends, that is it for the limited section. Let us take one more break, or another break, and listen to a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that, a jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And we're back with the wide releases and interesting indies. You know what? Don't forget that if you hate the way these uh, these breaks are spaced out, if you think two would be better with two ads each, or if you hate it all and I have to rethink everything, just, just let me know. I, I would rather hear from you and have to rework the layout of my shows for these ads than not hear from anyone and just lose people. Though I think if it truly sucked, uh, Evan or uh, Brian Key would have told me by now. Or to be honest, Chris, uh, Snarf Chris and Critter as well. Well, we are back with the wide releases and interesting indies. And before we get into the new films, we are getting a nationwide release for The Art of Self-Defense this week. Uh, that was the movie from last week with Jesse Eisenberg and um, some other people. I don't care. But um, it now gets an, a wider release. Last week, it was a limited release. Now it's wider. I don't know why I said that twice, but maybe you got it. I hope you did. So there we go. Let's start with the first new movie that's coming out this week that caught my eye. And it is called... Supervised. Four aging superheroes in a retirement home in Ireland come together for one last battle with evil. This stars Tom Berenger from Platoon, Lou Gossett Jr. from An Officer and a Gentleman, Fiona Flanagan from Four Brothers, Bo Bridges from The Descendants, Fiona Glascott from Brooklyn, and Ned Dennehy from Good Omens. Oh, I mispronounced her name. Fina Lua. Finol. Finola, Finola Flanagan, the mom from Four Brothers. That's who she is. Uh, you may remember I mentioned this film when we saw a trailer for it for the first time. This is a 100% skippable in theaters movies, but the perfect movie to go on your back burner, on your Tubi watch list. Maybe it stays on there for a long time, but I think this is something that could be worth a watch. It looks like a, a low budget campy movie, but it looks fun. You have all these old superheroes who are in a retirement home and you have these bad guys who look like they're trying to suck the powers from the heroes and these heroes have figured it out. Now, 
these old people who can barely walk are trying to fight these younger supervillains. And I think this is a really interesting idea. And a movie that I'm actually glad was tackled like this instead of some bigger budget comedy. And you guys know me. You know me. You know I'm not the kind of snob who would just snub their nose at a movie because it's a big budget. No, I love me some big budget films. But something about the way this movie is presented, something about the quality, something about the style, something about the effects and the costumes that they had to deal with because of their limited budget gives us a really quaint feeling, a quaint and cute movie that looks like it may not be very good, but it also wouldn't be bad either. Something just fun. It also has a really good cast. If this movie came out 20, 30, no, probably 30 years ago, it would have been a big deal because those are those are big names, uh, big names for back then, not for now. I think the biggest person in this right now is probably Bo Bridges, just because he tends to pop up every once in a while when you least expect him. But I think you know where I'm going to go with this. This is, like I said, something skippable in theaters, something to just think about watching, maybe one day watch. If you miss this, I don't think you're going to miss out on anything. But if you do watch this, I think you'll just see something simple, cute, and enjoyable. Supervised gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up, my future friends, we have a movie called Rosie. This is a story of a mother trying to find a home for her family after their landlord sells their rented home. This is an Irish film starring Sarah Green from Penny Dreadful and Moe Dunford from Vikings. And unfortunately, with the world we live in, I think this is an unfortunately plausible thing to happen to a lot of people. Uh, because even though this is an Irish movie, I think this can still reasonably take place in America. It could still take place in a lot of European countries. It could take place in a lot of places. And I think that's terrifying because I don't care what side you fall on politically. We live in a world, at least in America and apparently in certain parts of the UK too, where you need to work two jobs just to make ends meet. Unless you're lucky enough to have a, a well-paying job. And I think if you work two jobs, then there's no way in hell you should ever be wanting for anything. I think it's disgusting that we can have you can have a household with two working parents or two working adults in it that still struggle. That That is not right. And the good thing about this movie is it looks like it takes politics re really out of the equation. It shows you what can happen and what probably is happening to people. Because when you have a movie that has a message or that has an example of what can happen when certain things in the world go wrong and you have a political angle to it, you will limit the amount of people who are even going to get that message. So with this movie seemingly, okay, from the looks of the trailer, seemingly not having an angle to it, I think that it will just do a better job of maybe making at least a couple more people think. So my future friends, this movie isn't going to be fun. Not at all. It could possibly, possibly be uplifting in the end. I think that is the most it could be, is possibly uplifting in the end. But you're going to see this woman and her family struggle. You're going to see them living in their car. You're going to see them trying to find any place to live. You're going to see her kids not not really grasping it right away. Like, why why can't we go home? Uh, that was our home. And from the looks of the trailer, it also, it also dabbles with topics like the judgment. Like, you're homeless, 
So people look at you and you, you obviously did something. It's obviously somehow your fault. It's not just that you got dealt a shit hand. No, no, it's not that at all. You did something. And so I think this is also going to humanize people in the homeless community, which I think is a very important topic. I'll be honest, this film looks dark. It looks depressing. If I ever see it, I think I'll only watch it once, just like Nightcrawler, just like Foxcatcher, just like all these other movies that may look good, that may have good things about them, but I have no need to rewatch it. It. I hope you understand why. I hope you understand why I say things like that and where I come from when I say this. You know, I'm not just covering my eyes and ears and going, oh, I can't hear you. No, I, I don't want to see this. No, I, I saw it. I saw the movie. I, I understood it. I saw its point. I see its merits. I, I may have enjoyed these movies. But what it takes to get me to see a movie once and what it takes to get me to watch a movie more than once are, are different things. And the type of movies I watch more than once aren't like this. This is the type of film you watch once and that's it. Rosie gets a 6.5 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have two more movies and the next movie is actually another foreign film. This is a French film that made it in the wide releases and interesting indie section. I know, right? That doesn't happen a lot. That movie is called At War. After promising 1,100 employees that they would protect their jobs, the managers of a factory decide to suddenly close up shop, leaving all the employees without a job and not knowing where to go from there. So this is a French film that looks just as plausible and just as depressing as Rosie. So by the time we get to the pick of the week, which is the next film, we're going to need it because we have this depressing shit going on. But do you notice that I made you a sandwich? I made you a depressing sandwich with some soft, squishy bread. Maybe some soft, squishy, warm bread that you just hold and you kind of... You just want to hold it up to your face because you're like, oh, that's nice. This is fun. And you bite into the sandwich going, oh, this is cold and sad. It's like a vegetable sandwich with no meat in it, which normally wouldn't be a bad thing. But the person who made it didn't finish rinsing the rinsing the vegetable. So it's wet, too. That's not good. But at least we have the bread. So there. I made you a sandwich. But let's talk about At War some more. I, I, I think that this is going to be a little more politically skewed than Rosie. While, while I think Rosie stands back and takes more of a human look at this topic, I think At War, even though, yes, a different topic entirely, I get it, but I think it will take more of a, a skewed political view on it. Remember, in this case, skewed isn't necessarily ne uh, negative. I'm just saying that it's going to take one side more so than another. Because in the movie, it looks like the big question that is being dealt with, or one of the big questions, is does the company have the right? And that may seem like an easy question to answer. Like, of course, the company has the right. They can just close up if they want to. But in this case, it's not just a company going under. They're just choosing to close this plant. And now the question is, do these workers have any rights? So I think to sum up the last two movies, life is hard. Here are some movies about it. But instead of watching those, we can watch something happy. So let's end this at war, guess what? Gets a 6.5 out of 11. Pick of the week time. You know what it is, so say it with me. The Future Flicks with Billiam episode 142 pick of the week is The Lion King. This film is about, you know, like seriously, I'm not going to go over the premise. You should know this. This features the voices of Donald Glover, Beyonce, Chiwetel Ejiofor, James Earl Jones, Seth Rogen, Billy Eichner, John Oliver, John Connie, Alfre Woodard, J.D. McRae, Shahadi Wright-Joseph, 
Penny Johnson Gerald, Keegan Michael Key, Eric Andre, Florence Kasumba, Amy Sedaris, Chance the Rapper, Phil Lamar, and Jay Lee. So everyone uh, does a voice in this. Yes, and this is the newest quote-unquote live-action Disney movie because as people pointed out before, I've said it before, this is still technically animated. Just the style is hyper-realistic. And you guys know me. You know I've bounced back and forth on this one a couple times. I wasn't interested at first, but then it looked really good. Not nearly as much as I bounced around around Aladdin on, but, you know, I did bounce around a bit. But this does look good. I think this looks entertaining. The Lion King was one of my favorite Disney movies growing up, and now we're going to get to see the same story, and it's going to look amazing. I think this looks beautiful. I think the realistic-looking animals was an amazing idea. And, you know, I, I don't know what else I can say about this movie. I think it looks beautifully done. I think they picked good people to be the voice actors. I mean, I'm not a huge Beyonce fan, but she can at least voice act. Let's, let's give her that. I think this movie is going to be a solid film. Will it be great? No, I don't think so. I'm still, I'm still thinking that the original Lion King is going to be a better movie just because it did it first. Because it's going to be the same film. Like, how much really changes between the original and the live-action remake? I'm thinking for Aladdin, it changed just because, well, we needed Jasmine to have a character. Jasmine really didn't have much of a character. She was a nobody in the original movie. Just your typical damsel in distress who pretended to be strong for a little bit just to get snatched up by the bad guy and had to be saved by Aladdin. She got much more of a character in the short-lived animated series and a little more in the, in the sequels, but I think they had to change that up just to make it a little more interesting. But for this one, even though I'm not expecting a shot-for-shot remake, I'm, I'm expecting something pretty close because there's not much you have to change here. This looks like a solid film. This looks like a, looks like a sure-fire crowd-pleaser. I think this is going to be good. It's not going to be great, but it's going to be enjoyable and worth a watch and definitely worth an addition to your collection. And because of the beautiful visuals, I think this is something you should catch in theaters if it does interest you, even in the slightest. While it still would look just as beautiful on the small screen, I think it would just, the, the big screen would just benefit it. So if you have any inkling at all to see this, make sure to catch it in theaters. The Lion King, it's an 8.5 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the movies. Let us take our final break. As we hear a word from our friends at We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa, they'll be right back with the question of the week. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. We are back. Question of the week time. So a reminder, if you did not, uh, do not remember what last week's question of the week was. It is which movie or movie series would you want to protect from ever being remade from this point forward. So by that, what I meant is, like, if you chose Star Wars, all the prequels and all the sequels will still exist. So everything moving from now forward. 
So the only answer we got from outside of the family was from Evan, who said, just to be spiteful, Firefly. This, of course, is in response to last week, which property would you like Disney to acquire, assuming they did a great job with it, and Anne answered Firefly, so thank you, Evan. Anne's answer is next, and she says, just to be spiteful, Power Rangers. I'm kidding, that's not her real answer. Her real answer is Buffy or Angel, so the Buffy-verse, basically, since Angel is a spinoff of Buffy. And one reason she's doing this is because there is a Buffy spinoff or a, a Buffy sequel in the works. So she would just put a kibosh on that right now. And for my answer, uh, I had to think long and hard about this. And this was harder than I thought it would be, because initially I did think Stargate SG-1, but I do want that rebooted. I don't want it remade. You, you stay the f*** away from SG-1. I want it rebooted. I just want more from that universe. I think it, it has endless possibilities. And then Anne actually suggested Smallville, and there we go. It's a show I loved. It's a show I still love. And I think if the CW tried to remake it, they would just ruin it, because the CW doesn't do well rebooting old shows. So I would want them to stay the hell away from my Smallville. If they want it rebooted, if they want to do, you know, a different Superman show, okay, whatever, do it. Stay away from my star, my uh, Smallville. Stay away from my origin story, okay? So before we get into the question of the week for next week, I just want to say that I am aware of some of the Comic-Con trailers that are coming out and just asked if I was going to do a different episode for it like I have in the past, and I don't think I will unless something really big comes out, unless there's some big news and then I'll do its own episode uh, but I will include as they come out I'll include them in the next in next week's episode next week's episode may be a little different just because there's a uh, there's a reading challenge or readathon next week that Ann and I are participating in I was originally going to skip the episode but then I thought maybe I could do it and Ann had a suggestion about how I can do it so so we're going to see so if no episode comes out we couldn't figure out a way to get the readathon and the um and the episode in in the same week. And I do think that Thursday may be the new day for the show just cuz it's it's much easier for me to get the show out on Thursday than it is on Wednesday. We'll see how that goes. We will see. But for now, let us come up with a new question of the week and here we go. Take a kids movie. It's now rated R. Which movie would be the most interesting? Let me say that once again. Take a kid's movie and change the rating to R. Which movie would be the most interesting? So that is it for episode 142 of Future Flicks with Billiam, titled The Sleeping Lion Retirement Home. And let's get on with our closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as any podcast app. You can also find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. All the stars possible. And then share the podcast with your friends. That is how we grow. And how do you reach me? That's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Please support us on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts, which are also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Support the friends of the shows whose ads you've heard during this episode. 
And don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.